Can the data breach remediation efforts by a hospital in the wake of a cyber attack or other data security incident have a negative impact on patient outcomes? I'm Marianne Kolbesak McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with researcher Eric Johnson, who is a Dean and Professor of Strategy at Vanderbilt University's Owen Graduate School of Management. Eric will be discussing a recent research study conducted by Vanderbilt that found a worrisome association between remedial security initiatives taken by hospitals following a data breach and potentially negative impact on timely care and outcomes of patients. So, Eric, I understand that your study examined the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services HIPAA breach report data and some quality data on more than 3,000 hospitals from 2012 to 2016. What did your study look at and what did you find? Well, we've been studying breaches and the impact uh, breaches have on healthcare organizations for quite some time. And much of our focus had been looking at maybe more traditional things, you know, worrying about uh, what happens to the financial identities of patients and the fraud that might be created from breaches and so forth. But as we did that, we began to hear more and more from our partners working inside of hospitals that the security fixes many times were also creating their own set of problems. And those problems typically arose through just delays, you know, just the challenge of using new systems and the impact that that has on the accessibility of information, particularly in cases where that information is needed in a timely manner. And in some cases, we even would hear funny stories of how nurses and doctors would find kind of workarounds to the security that was put in place. And, you know, we've all seen these in our day-to-day life, passwords that get written down and posted on the outside of computers and so forth. So we started thinking about that and wondered what real patient impact was in all this. And so our work really dug into looking at the aftermath of a breach, not the impact of a breach itself, but the aftermath. And the aftermath, in many cases, we're talking about years. From the point of time that a breach is discovered, and which many times is discovered well after a breach actually occurred, to the point of time that it, it is reported and you know ends up on HHS's wall of shame and uh, all these kinds of things that happen in the reporting process where patients are notified and so forth. And then remediation efforts are put in place, and and often those happen years after the original event. And so looking at a set of hospitals across the U.S., we looked at hospitals that were breached, compared them to hospitals that weren't breached in that same time period that you mentioned, 2012 to 2016, and we noticed something worrisome. That is, we noticed that in a time-sensitive area, for example, the time a patient arriving to the emergency room would be able to receive an EKG if they were experiencing chest pain. Um, That's a a very sensitive kind of thing. Guidelines typically specify that that should happen within 10 minutes of arrival. And we found that, indeed, uh, hospitals that were breached over the period of time after that breach, and we're talking, again, years, we saw that time increasing. And we also saw that the mortality rate for those patients in those hospitals from an AMI event also increased. So, Eric, with that said, 
do you have any insights into why these recovery remediation of data security breaches impacted the patient care? For instance, was it due to new or bolstered security measures or technologies that resulted in clinicians taking longer to get into systems? Are there any other sorts of possibilities about why there was this lag time? So in many cases, we have lots of stories of particular examples. And and yet, you know, we're really left making inferences out of the data that we see that that is these times and, and these outcome measures. But what we heard and what we've seen in individual cases is that Many times post-breach, you know, a thorough security evaluation is conducted. In some cases, the organization might not have had systematic kind of security policies and strategies, and all of those things are addressed as part of that remediation. And new initiatives that take place. So those initiatives may be rolling out a stronger set of passwords across the organization that are not so easy to share or post up on a, on a post-it note. Using two-factor authentication would might be another example. In each case, installing security, for example, maybe timeouts on systems where if a healthcare provider walks away from a computer, it, it times out within a, a very short time and they have to re-log in and then click their way down to the right part of the patient record. All of those things being things that we call usability and usable security and the impact that security might have on the actual delivery of healthcare. Is it possible that there are other factors involved with the change in patient outcomes other than security, or is there sort of a a very strong correlation and evidence from other clinicians at these hospitals that were breached saying that, yes, you know, it's taking us longer to access patient records, to do what we have to do? Well, one thing we can't say with the data that we have is we can't say that, oh, the problem was two-factor authentication or the issue was the timeouts were set too long or a new electronic medical record system that was installed that was more secure was also more cumbersome. We can't point at the individual technologies or the mechanisms around those that would result in these increases. But what we can say is through the the econometrics that we're using is that we can isolate these hospitals that were breached and account for many, many, many other factors. In our models, we look at many factors that could have been related to these increases and are able to what we call control for those. And even with all those controls, we still see the the increase. And so we feel confident that there is an association there, but the exact mechanism of that association is part of our future research. And when it came to the impact on patient outcomes, was it mainly in the ER area? Is it in other departments within hospitals? And what sort of impact on patients, per se? Were there delays in being treated, poor outcomes in terms of how these patients survived or or did after they were treated? So we focused on elements that require speed, conditions that required speed. We did look at other quality measures and other conditions. And so, for example, something like a patient presenting with pneumonia, you know, it's, it's not minutes and seconds that matter in treating someone with pneumonia typically. And so, 
even if there was a small increase in time at any particular place, we couldn't see any clinically impactful results. That is, you know, patients weren't worse off because of that. And I think our belief is that that's true across the board, that in many, many cases, patients aren't really impacted in a, in a way that results in a, a bad outcome for them because the condition they have is not so time sensitive. The only place we saw real impact were in these time-sensitive areas. So, Eric, any insight into the types of health data breaches that had the biggest impact on patient care post-breach, for instance, hospitals that reported a a hacking or, or IT incident versus a lost laptop, and any sort of association between the kind of breach they might have had and the sort of remedial efforts they might have implemented afterwards? So that's the interesting point for some of my security friends because I think many times they're quick to wonder uh, that exact question. Is it something about the type of breach that we're talking about? And it really isn't. That is, we were looking at breaches, meaningful breaches, that is breaches that had to be reported to HHS. That means they had to impact 500 or more individuals. And so from that point of view, they were a meaningful breach. They had to be reported. They had to report, be reported to media. And the organization had to take some action, you know, some action to evaluate their security posture and remediate problems. Our focus, really, when you step back and look at it, was all about this remediation. And the remediation part, well, what you might do to patch a system or work on some specific security hole may be different from breach to breach. Typically, what these kinds of breaches would do is they would kick off a much larger effort to evaluate the risks across the organization and take action, irrespective of the specific breach that was in contention. So really, the type of breach didn't really matter. It was more about the size of the breach being big enough that it forced the organization to do some soul-searching on security. So based on what you saw, what are the key takeaways? What are the lessons for hospitals about this study in terms of their response to data breaches and or their implementation of new security controls? And is this sort of another reminder for them that the prevention of data breaches is so important because you don't want to have to then go back and make changes because you had a breach that slows things up? So I think the bigger issue, and it's even bigger than security itself, but let's stay with security for a moment. For folks like myself who like thinking about security and breaches and these sorts of things, oftentimes we can begin to become so focused on improving security that we begin to lose sight of the real focus of the organization. And I hear that over and over again in the healthcare space. They'll say to me, are you here to help patients or are you here to make our life harder in terms of information security? And access to information is a critical element in, in the healthcare system. And so there are always these trade-offs of how much security to put in place. 
And, you know, we, we see the same thing, of course, in the consumer segment. The U.S. has long been slow to adopt maybe security related to credit cards and, and so forth that you might see in other countries. And the trade-off has always been, you know, usability. Uh, that is, how, how much friction do you want to put in the path of consumers when they're making a transaction on their favorite web retailer? Similar thing here, if security creates friction in the ability of healthcare providers to deliver the best care, then, you know, there's some trade-offs that have to be considered. And I think even broader than that, I think healthcare in general uh, and health IT in general is going to go through a great renaissance of usability. Um, many, many organizations have been installing, because of the High Tech Act, the act that you know injected billions of dollars into the U.S. healthcare system to improve health IT, and it certainly did improve health IT. But the questions often are, are we building IT systems that are secure and really designed around billing, or are we building IT systems that actually improve patient outcomes? And those, sadly, are not always the same thing. And I think the real takeaway from our work is as another pointer in that direction. And you mentioned the High Tech Act. Any top takeaways from this study for regulators and policymakers to consider about hospital data security? I think that one thing we see over and over again is that hospitals and any organizations, so you can certainly apply this beyond uh, healthcare, that take more measured proactive actions to improve their security, the outcomes are almost always better than reactive. Reactive being the scramble after a breach. Because in many times at that moment, what you're trying to do may be done more in a hurry and, and in a way that is just trying to fix an immediate problem or hole but not standing back and really looking at how the security interacts with the whole system and how best to get good security without impacting usability and some of these other things. So to specifically answer your question, we have been advocating for some time, not just in this study, but in other studies that we've done around security economics. The results we find over and over again are that regulators are well advised to provide incentives for organizations to take proactive measures around security rather than kind of the more punitive, reactive kind of stance that says, okay, now you've had something go wrong, you need to fix it quick, and we're going to penalize you. Thanks, Eric. I've been speaking to researcher Eric Johnson of Vanderbilt University. I'm Marianne Kolbesek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.